championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. This is the LakersNation.com offseason live show. I am Trevor Lane from LakersNation.com. We're going to chat directly with you guys tonight. So if you're coming in from YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, welcome in. Give us your questions and your comments. And if you're listening to the podcast version of this over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever, do us a favor, rate, review, and subscribe. Joining me tonight is Skylar Treppel from LakersNation.com. Skylar, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. You know, what I'm loving about these NBA finals is that they're bringing up Kobe all the time because in his final season, he wrote Be Legendary on Devin Booker's shoes. Uh, They also showed Giannis got 20 points in a quarter tonight, most in the finals in the last 25 years, aside from Kobe and LeBron, 19 points each in a quarter. So lots of Lakers on the finals tonight. So that was fun to see for sure. Not quite as uh, as much Lakers as we would like to see to see in the finals. No, so no, we would like it if they were actually out there playing. But but good that they continue to get brought up, even if they aren't out there on the floor playing. Suns do go up two zero against the Milwaukee Bucks. Barrage of threes from Phoenix tonight. Milwaukee came out, and we're going to get into Lakers stuff in just a second. But Milwaukee came out fired up. They came out with energy. They were playing with intensity on the defensive end. It looked like they had solved some of the problems that the Suns were throwing at them, at least initially. You knew the Suns were going to adjust, and they were going to change you know, the angles they were going to run the pick and roll at and things of that nature. But Milwaukee was doing a really nice job with Drew Holiday, putting a lot of pressure on Chris Paul. But the Suns just kept hitting threes. And, and it was like, Milwaukee, it seemed like they had found the answer, and then the threes just kept falling for Phoenix. And next thing you know, the tide turned, and uh, I thought it was a pretty comfortable win for the Suns. I would like to see the Bucks take game three and game four just to make this a more interesting finals. I know Suns fans are desperate for a win and all that, but uh, I would like to see this thing go as many uh, games as it can just to keep playing basketball. I don't want it to come to an end. For sure. That would be a lot of fun. And yeah, exactly. I mean, the thing is, I'm trying to be as optimistic as I can about referencing the Lakers in the finals because... Yes, the Lakers are not in the finals, but let me be consistent on this. I do believe the Lakers will come back and win next year. Uh, Very interesting. The Lakers have a lot of good luck winning in years that end with a two, 1952, 1972, 1982, and 2002. So let's hope 2022 is going to be another Los Angeles Lakers championship. Well, hopefully the trend will indeed continue. You know, I had some people that were making the comments uh, on Twitter tonight about Anthony Anthony Davis and like how what a difference he makes in the Sun series. Yeah, I, I think if Anthony Davis was healthy, the Lakers are still oh, playing yeah. right now. Like the Lakers, the Lakers For are sure. in the finals right now if Anthony Davis had been healthy. Because I think you look at the struggles the Bucks are having, and it's it's hard not to feel like. Anthony Davis is the antidote for a lot of those things. He would have solved a lot of the issues in terms of the pick and roll. You can go small with AD at the five, and you still have an advantage there in the matchup. Anthony Davis getting hurt really did swing the series. Remember, the Lakers were up 2-1 on the Suns, and next thing you know, the Suns are getting all the way to the finals after Anthony Davis gets hurt. I do think that completely changed things. Like, if we were to find a a branch reality, right, if if you guys have been watching Loki, where, where Anthony Davis did not get hurt, I do think that the Suns go out in round one and the Lakers are in the NBA Finals right now. Oh, 100%. It's not even a question. It really isn't that the Lakers were full strength, particularly when you think back to the 2020 NBA Finals. 
We had recency bias at the end with LeBron James winning finals MVP, but who was the absolute unquestioned unsung hero of game one and two? It was Anthony Davis. Mm -hmm. The guy was a superstar, got us off to that start, and there was so much talk about him winning the finals MVP. And so I strongly believe, exactly, as you said, Trevor, he really solves all of those problems. So I can't wait for AD to be back. He's one of the most special talents in the NBA. And when the Los Angeles Lakers are at full health, we will win again. But but yes, if Anthony Davis is not injured in that Sun series, it is absolutely the Los Angeles Lakers up 2-0 in the finals right now. And you know what? There, there's a lot of people that have been taking shots at the Suns, saying, look, they've they faced an injured star in every single series. LeBron and Anthony Davis both being hurt in round one, Jamal Murray in round two, Kawhi Leonard in round three. Then then now they actually got a healthy Giannis. Looked like for a little bit we wouldn't have a healthy Giannis to go against. But that's not the Suns' fault. You know, they they've they've performed very, very well. They've uh they've stepped up, they've played the teams that are in front of them. There's nothing wrong with that. And so I'm not gonna be the guy that's gonna put an asterisk by the Suns championship if that's what ends up happening or anything like that. They played what's in front of them, and uh, but it's been unfortunate to see so many injuries. Uh, I've got a question coming in here from YouTube. Davis Painter with a super chat. Thank you for that. Said Kuzma, Trez, and a first for Buddy. Oh, he's got a full plan here. Resign Schroeder, sign DeRozan for the mid-level. That's the best case scenario for the offseason. So I don't mind that. Let's go piece by piece there. Kuzma and Trez and a first for Buddy. Value-wise, sure, sign me up. I, I would be on board with that. Only challenge is Montrezl Harrell would have to opt in to that $9 million and change for this uh, the second year of his contract. And if he's going to opt in, it's probably going to be to be traded. Look, I never say never, but I have a hard time seeing him coming back to the Lakers. So if he does opt in, I could very well see him getting moved in a deal. But is Sacramento the place he wants to go? Because if it's not, he's just going to opt out and sign somewhere else, right? So that's, that's the first hurdle to, to overcome there. But then... Resign Schroeder, sure. If the money is right, fine. No, no problem there. I know there's a lot of people who are critical of Schroeder, but I'm more curious about the dollar amount there. I think that if you're paying him the 25 million or whatever that he reportedly wants, then you're going a little bit crazy there. That's probably going to hurt you in the long run. If you can get him for considerably less, okay, cool. I'm on board. Uh, DeRozan for the mid level. The challenge again, target or you'd be triggering that hard cap and. Uh, I, look, he's a talented player, but is it worth triggering the hard cap? And that might depend on what some of some other guys do, like Schroeder, like Caruso, Taylor Horton Tucker, all the Lakers other free agents. But I don't know. What's what's your take on that that plan that Davis Painter here has for an offseason, Skyler? Uh, really interesting for sure in a lot of ways. My main issue is that I like both Buddy Heald and Marta Rosen. But those are very similar positions you're filling. Mm-hmm. You know, great shooters can score, can create their own shot. And so I'm not sure how well they would work together if we're looking to acquire two really great pieces in that case. I really like the idea, really like the suggestion. Uh, Kobe Bryant went to go see Buddy Heald in college. Buddy wears 24. He'd be a great addition for the Lakers. But... I don't know if I see it happening. And again, I'm almost wondering, I think Trez wants to go to one of those hard-nosed cultures if he's going to go like Miami or the Knicks. or You're going to have to really think about that. I definitely want to see DeMar DeRozan on the Lakers. And again, for DeMar to take the mid-level exception, it's all about working with the players here. 
working with the players and moving Trez's contract, all of that. So Toronto could be a little bit tough as well with that. But, uh, you know, I'm loving these ideas. And Trevor, you and Ron released a great video on it earlier today about DeRozan and Lowry reuniting. Because if you're talking DeRozan and bet minimum money, they were best friends in Toronto. There are rumors about that. But that's the one thing I'm not hearing in the rumors that makes them more legitimate. These guys genuinely love each other, love playing together, messing around with each other in the postgame interview. So that's good. Again, Schroeder, of course, if the money's right sign him sounds like it won't be so lots of great hypotheticals there um i'm not sure about the logistics of it but man i think buddy healed and demar Derozan could both be great pieces on the lakers i'm just not sure we can get them together yeah getting them together would be tough again you'd be reliant on Derozan to take the the um the middle exception which is in the the video that ron and i did earlier today in that hypothetical scenario it was going to take DeRozan taking the mid-level exception in order to make it happen, which again, you're triggering, triggering hard cap. Maybe if you're getting enough talent, you say, okay, whatever it's worth it. Uh, Buddy healed and DeRozan together. I think it works. I think it works on the offensive end defensively. Yeah, I mean, DeRozan isn't known as being a lockdown defender or anything. Neither is Buddy healed. You can have some issues there offensively. Sign me up. Offensively, I'm good with that. I mean, Buddy Heald is a volume three-point shooter that hits at a high percentage as well. I figure you're probably going to get 40-plus percent from three out of him. DeRozan, on the other hand, only shoots about 25% from deep. Not anywhere near good enough, but you can mitigate that issue by pairing him with Buddy Heald. Heald also isn't known as much of a creator in terms of creating open, open looks for other people. DeRozan does that. DeRozan is actually very good handling the basketball out of the pick and roll. So on the offensive end, sure. Uh, I like it defensively. Eh, maybe there's some some questions there, but I think it's a fairly realistic offseason there. Uh, the challenge, though, I think the biggest hurdle to clear, well, there's two of them. Trez, would he actually sign up to go to Sacramento? If not, then you're looking at trading something else along with Kuzma. Maybe it's KCP. Uh, do you want to go that far, right? So you'd have to put something else into the deal if Trez wasn't willing to do that or if he just gets a bigger offer elsewhere. Keep an eye on Charlotte in the, in the Trez situation. Charlotte was after him last season. There were some rumors around the middle of the year, uh, around the trade deadline, that Trez might go to Charlotte, that they might be interested in trading for him. I would keep an eye on them as a landing spot for him in free agency. But other than that, I, I think it's a, it's a pretty decent plan there. Uh, Renee Vandervelden from YouTube with another super chat. Thank you. Said, will Jamal Murray get traded to the Lakers? I, I say this a bunch. I say never say never. But no. <laughs> Jamal Murray's not getting traded to the Lakers. I know there was something he liked a comment on Instagram. I yeah. think he's not getting traded to the Lakers. Look, Denver would, if Denver suddenly decided we have to trade Jamal Murray for whatever reason, right? Just insanity gripped them and they had to trade Jamal Murray. Uh, he, they would trade him east. They would trade him somewhere else. They would not give yeah. him to the Lakers. So I think yeah, it's like the Spurs. Greg Popovich would never trade guys to the Lakers to make them better. Uh, Lakers eliminated the Nuggets so recently. No, they wouldn't send Jamal Murray to the Lakers. But one can dream. It would right, be fun. Right, right. And that's and that's the other piece of the DeRozan situation, right? Like if DeRozan, if you're going to try to get him in a sign-in trade, which some people have suggested, the Spurs have to be willing to deal with the Lakers. And that's, that's a hurdle to clear right there. Right? I mean, Greg Popovich was one of the guys that was complaining about Pau Gasol coming to the Lakers. One of the guys that tried to stop Anthony Davis from coming to the Lakers. These things matter. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. 
Ty from YouTube said, these dudes are tripping. DeRozan's never taking less money for Lowry. That may very well be the case. We're just saying logistically, if DeRozan decides, you know what? I want to contend for a championship. I'm 32. I'm not getting any younger. I want to go home. I want to go play in LA. I was a Lakers yeah. fans grow, fan growing up. If those things matter, then maybe, right? But if yeah. he's got another offer out there, some team's willing to pay him $25 million, he's probably not coming to the Lakers. We're just saying math-wise, in order to make it work, that's what would have to happen. And if ever DeRozan were, if ever he were to take less money, it would be with the Lakers, the Kobe connection, the L.A. connection. I mean, he's written an article on Kendrick Lamar before. If Kyle Lowry was there to sweeten the pot, it's just hypothetically, if he ever were to take less money, which we've seen stars do surprisingly in situations before who we never thought would, this is the scenario where it would happen. And those are the things that would sweeten the pot. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Anna Kep Mohan from YouTube, and not the only one making this comment, said, Trev, Lonzo, his shooting rhythm looks so much better. We need to get him back. And then, again, this is not the only Lonzo comment that I've seen. Uh, I love it. I would love to get Lonzo back. I think it'd be fantastic. But again, you've got a couple of challenges there. First of all, the Pelicans, do they want to negotiate with the Lakers again? Things got pretty contentious during the Anthony Davis trade situation. Uh, and then do the Lakers have something they want to send back? Because it would have to be a sign and trade in order for Lonzo to get the kind of money that he wants to get and come back to the Lakers. So, I mean, a lot of people say double sign and trade for Dennis Schroeder, but does do the Pelicans really need another point guard? If Lonzo's on his way out, they already have some other guys that can do those things. Um, so do you want to do that? Uh, Akil Alexander-Walker they've got there, Eric Bledsoe. I don't know that the Pelicans would have a great need for Schroeder. So then you're talking about looping in a third team or trading away like, I don't know, Kuzma and KCP in exchange for a sign and trade Lonzo Ball and sending Schroeder elsewhere. It gets complicated very, very quickly. But if you were to tell me it's possible to somehow swap out Schroeder and trade in Lonzo Ball and the money's equal, I would make that swap. Absolutely. No, that's that's fascinating. If it could be done once again, I don't see the Pelicans wanting to deal Lonzo, mm -hmm. but I love the idea of a Lonzo Lakers reunion. And I think when he's a free agent, that's when it can happen because his trade value went up this season with how he played. I also love that he's sort of outgrown the shadow of LeVar Ball, and it would be more of Lonzo creating his own legacy on the Lakers rather than living in almost a shadow of LeVar's Ball's comments, which was not his fault in any sense. I would love the opportunity for him to come back and show off his play and be motivated from last time. Again, though, based on what happens with the Pelicans, I don't think they're dealing with the Lakers, so we're probably going to need him in free agency, but it's a great point. Yeah, yeah, and I think the fit-wise, fit, fit wise, I like it. I like it. Me too. Um, all right. Anthony Snowden from you or from Facebook, actually on this one from Facebook said, stop sending Kuzma out, Trevor. It's my fault. It's all on. It's all on me. Why this whole Kuzma leaving thing feels like it's picking up a little bit of steam. I don't have control over that guys. Look, I like Kyle Kuzma. I've said it over and over and over again. People have been, been screaming to the mountains, right? To the heavens. Braid Kyle Kuzma, get rid of this guy. I've largely been the one defending him. I nicknamed him the Chameleon because I thought it was so cool. 
that he was able to shift his role so drastically this season, went away from even being a scorer to just being a rebounder, a defender, to guarding wings, which he wasn't doing all that much previously, to basically being a full-time small forward after being a power forward during his previous uh, seasons with the Lakers. So I like what Kyle Kuzma brings. I think there's some question marks about fit and things like that, and I just feel like the way the wind is blowing right now, right? Kuzma's been in trade rumors for years now. He's the longest tenured Laker, and from day one, he's been in trade rumors. Logistically, when I look at this, just crunching the numbers, looking at the math, if the Lakers are going to make a move and bring in talent this offseason, which I believe they want to do, Kuzma's deal almost has to be in there. It's hard to get up to the salary of a guy, like even the aforementioned Buddy Heald, without including Kuzma or KCP. And I think if push comes to shove, if it's Kuzma or KCP, I think the Lakers are going to pick KCP. And again, that doesn't mean they don't like him. That doesn't mean I don't like him. I like what he brings. But it just feels like that's kind of the way the wind is blowing. If you read between the lines and some of Kuzma's comments that came out today over on Bleacher Report, kind of sounds like he's looking for more opportunity, looking for the ability to handle the ball a little bit more, to be more featured on the offensive end. I don't know if the Lakers can offer him that. And then, of course, you've got him removing Lakers from his, his Instagram handle, all of those things. Look, the NBA, a lot of things can happen. It would not shock me if he was back next year, but it kind of just feels like if there's a trade out there, the Lakers will make it. Absolutely. I love Kyle Kuzma. I think it's very possible that he does remain with the Lakers more possible than most people think because, again, they had a 71-day offseason. And if they didn't have that offseason, if Anthony Davis does not get injured against the Suns primarily due to that 71-day offseason, I think that the Lakers go on to win that championship this year. And if they do that, you don't need to talk so much about what they need to tinker with. And so I think if you can give a little bit of benefit of the doubt there, there is a bit of credit to be said for what Kuzma's done with his role, with his different roles, and trying to find that consistent nature. And let's not forget, to how hard the Lakers worked to keep Kyle Kuzma in that previously mentioned Anthony Davis trade. And that's where sometimes I'm not 100% sure they'll trade him unless it's really the right deal that comes up. I think they need to have a serious conversation with Kyle Kuzma. And if there is that potential for him to have a ball handling role, let's not forget LeBron James and Anthony Davis saying in the bubble, Kyle Kuzma, he's the third best guy. He needs to be number three after he hit that absolutely ridiculous buzzer beater against Bull Bull on the Denver Nuggets uh, outstretched like eight foot arm in his face. So as I know with Kyle Kuzma that everyone wants him gone, everyone wants him traded, uh, except for, you know, guy recently asked the question, appreciate it, uh, very hard to find fellow people who still believe in Kyle Kuzma, but there is hope for him for sure, and it'll be interesting to see if they do in fact deal him. It's looking more and more likely, even with those comments, but there is also that potential to have a conversation, to find a more consistent role, because they worked hard to keep him in the first place. You know, I mentioned this earlier in the video that I did with Ron today about Kuzma's comments. Um, It's not even just, we tend to look at things from the Lakers perspective, right? We, We always say we look at things through purple and gold lenses, and that's just naturally how it's going to be. Flip it around, though, and look at things from Kuzma's perspective. Your role has changed every single year, and you feel like you don't have the opportunity to show the talent that you've got. 
whether whether it's right or wrong, whether you agree or disagree, he feels like he doesn't have the opportunity to show the talent that he's got, or at least he has to feel that to some degree because he's playing behind LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So you're in a situation where it might behoove the Lakers to trade him. It also might behoove him to get traded. He might wow. find himself in a situation where he can blossom a bit more elsewhere, someplace where he has a, a bigger opportunity. So again, I'm not saying we're pushing Kuzma out the door, but it could be a win-win scenario. We'll see though. It depends on what's out there in terms of trade offers and things like that. Uh, I like that perspective. Savage Savage from YouTube. By the way, guys, all of you are awesome. That, that here we are. It's the off season now for the Lakers. It's been the off season for weeks. Yes, we've got free agency coming up, but it's still a few weeks away. The draft's still a couple of weeks away. And here we are, the middle of the summer, talking Lakers basketball. I love it that you guys are diehards just like we are here. But yeah. Savage Savage from YouTube. Trevor, starting lineup should be Schroeder, Heald, LeBron, AD, Bagley. So you're going to get Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley. Bagley, I want to say off the top of my head, is that like 10 or $11 million for next season? Maybe it's even a little bit more. So you're sending out quite a bit of salary to do that. Yeah. Assuming that's like a Kuzma-KCP combo plus something else in there to make it work. But just in theory, like, let's say you can make the math work. Schroeder, Buddy Heald, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Marvin Bagley. I don't know about the Marvin Bagley piece of that. Is he the guy? Like, do you want to spend that kind of money on the center position? And I've got people talking about Dwight Howard, uh, him coming back. Look, if you, if you look at the depth of the free agent center market, I am not worried at all about the Lakers being able to find a center a serviceable center, not necessarily. Now, look, Bagley's got more upside than anybody that's out there on that free agent market at the center position, aside from maybe Rashawn Holmes, who he's played with. Uh, I don't know, though, is he ready to be a full-time center? Him and Anthony Davis together could be interesting in terms of the versatility, step outside and shoot the three, but I don't know if you can call him the five to where he can take that physical toll off of the shoulders of Anthony Davis we can debate the Bagley piece of it, but otherwise, one through four, Schroeder, Buddy, LeBron, AD, yeah, sign me up. I'm down with that. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's that's a really interesting piece there. Uh, at first, I was thinking Bagley, you know, has he really shown enough potential? I'd like to see more out of him. And then you think about it, and to go along with Buddy Heald and sort of taking some pieces out of that Kings young core, especially now that they're developing almost a new younger core along with them with, you know, Buddy Heal or sorry, with uh, Tyrese Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox. And so it's interesting. I like it. If we can not give up too much, if Vogel can really work with Bagley and bring out the best in him, uh, definitely interesting. I also just wanted to agree with Trevor, thanking everyone so much for tuning in in July. Uh, I personally once was working a finance job, and the person said to me, I've never seen someone so excited about the Lakers in July. I'm from Canada originally as well, so really random in that case. So uh, to be here talking with the fans, talking with you, Trevor, I really appreciate everyone tuning in very much and giving us this opportunity to be excited about the Lakers all together in July. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. All right. So I've got a few people that have been asking about a trade involving Kevin Love as sort of the, the negative part of a trade in order to bring back Colin Sexton. So this is the, the trade according to Rahul Singh from YouTube. What if the Lakers take back Kevin Love, 
and get Colin Sexton in exchange for Kuzma, KCP, Trez, and a first. So Kuzma, KCP, that's $26 million. Trez, again, if he opts into his deal, is he willing to go to the Cavs? If the answer there is no, then he opts out, and then this is all a moot point. But but let's just let's say that for whatever reason he wants to go to Cleveland. Okay, uh, thirty-five million plus the first going going out. Kevin Love's making thirty-one point three million, and then Colin Sexton comes in at six. Yeah, you're you're close enough there to where you can probably make that work math-wise. Kevin Love making thirty-one million this season. $28.9 million next season. Colin Sexton has to get paid after this season, which is one of the reasons why the Cavs are rumored to move him if they can get uh, one of the ball handlers in the draft, if they can get Suggs or, or Jalen Green or you know somebody like that to, to fall to them in the draft, then maybe they make a move with Colin Sexton. You know, I, I don't hate it. I don't like absorbing that kind of long-term salary for Kevin Love, but it's only two years. And if you're if you're the Lakers and you think, at some point, Colin Sexton is going to be the third guy. Like, he's good enough to be the third guy alongside LeBron and Anthony Davis and someday be the second star with AD after LeBron rides off into the sunset. And the price you have to pay is you're paying Kevin Love for two years more money than he's worth on the floor, even knowing that he can provide some value, but you're provide, paying him more than he's worth. I think it's it's a decent decent idea. I'd be open to it at least if uh, if that's the price you got to pay. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's there is so much going on with that right now, in particular because Cleveland is heavily rumored to want to trade up for the number one pick with Detroit. Right. So would they be trading Colin Sexton? And then would the Lakers have to make a trade with Detroit or even a three-team trade involving Kevin Love? That could always work too. So very interesting. Let's just say hypothetically, though, after the draft, Sexton is or during free agency, whenever they can make the trade, that Colin Sexton and Kevin Love are still together. I love the idea of this trade. I also think Kevin Love is probably not as washed up as people think he is. Yeah, it was five years ago he won that championship, but we've seen him ball out from the three-point line since then. Uh, This is a guy who could put up 20 and 20 regularly and still has that same body. And not just that, he's from UCLA. He grew up in LA. He absolutely loves LA. And he'd be playing with LeBron again. So I could see him unbelievably motivated, trying to regain even that third star status or just trying to be a really, really great fit with the Lakers. So you get that alone. And then you get someone like Colin Sexton running the point that gives you the excuse to get rid of the shooter money you would pay and bring in even more talent. If the Lakers can find a way to make that happen, I think Colin Sexton is one of the absolute best pieces that they could acquire. And I think Kevin Love could end up being more of a positive than a negative. No, he might not be worth uh, $31 million, but maybe 15 to $20 million type player if he's back with LeBron and bringing over Colin Sexton and playing where he grew up. Yeah, that that's the thing, right? Like, it drives me a little bit crazy. And I love going through all the trade uh, negotiations and permutations and all the math and figuring out what can work and what doesn't and everything. Sometimes, though we get so down on a player because of their contract that we we mistake the contract or complete the, the contract, how bad the contract is for what the player can actually do out on the floor, right? Yeah. And you could say, look, Kevin Love is not worth $31 million, but if Kevin Love was getting $5 million, everybody would want him. 
right? Everybody would, would want him at that price. It's only because we see him at 31 million that we think, oh, he's not worth it. He's got an anchor. He's going to weigh down your team. All of these things. He can still do things out on the floor. And I do think there's a little bit of a Blake Griffin element to this, right? Blake Griffin. Oh, yeah. Looks like he is done on the Pistons. Goes to the Nets, a team that's got a shot to win it. And suddenly he looks like he's back to jumping over Kia's. This happens, right? Good players. Uh, PJ Tucker did it. Going from the Houston Rockets where he looked done. Suddenly with the Bucks, he's rejuvenated a bit. I wouldn't put it past Kevin Love to look considerably better with the Lakers than he does with a, a you know, fairly bad Cavs team. Although their future is looking a bit better recently, but still fairly bad. And he'd have the LeBron factor. That's a whole other thing Blake didn't have. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Got a few more comments coming in here. A lot of people throwing out different trade possibilities here. All right. Here's a good one that I, I've had people asking me this for a bit. My email from YouTube said, Trevor, because we didn't go back to back, do you think the Anthony Davis LeBron experiment has been a failure? Do you think we have to win at least two or is one enough? I, in this argument, fall very much on the side of one is enough, right? One is enough. I, there was a, a tweet that was going around a month or so ago, right after the Lakers got bounced out of the playoffs, that said the Lakers really gave up and they just listed off all the, you know, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, all these picks, Brandon Ingram, blah, 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 right, in exchange for one championship. Yes, of course you would do that. Any team in the NBA would trade those things for a championship. Sometimes we get spoiled. We don't understand how rare a championship is, how difficult it is to win a championship. That's a credit to the Lakers. That's a credit to them for winning 17 championships and doing it year after year after year. So many teams in the NBA would trade everything the Lakers gave up to get Anthony Davis and more if it meant winning just one championship. The Anthony Davis trade was a massive success. The AD-LeBron pairing was a success. If this is it, they only got the one championship, it doesn't, they got the one, right? And I think there's opportunities to get more in the future. But you're playing with house money now. You've got a 28-year-old superstar in Anthony Davis. You can say he's injury-prone or whatever, but they've already got one championship and more could be on the way. So I believe it has been a massive success. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more, Trevor. Particularly, yes, the Lakers are spoiled with riches and it is awesome. But you have to think about that Cleveland championship. I just mentioned LeBron James crying on the floor because he knew what it meant for Cleveland to get just one, just one championship. You look at the Phoenix Suns right now. What's going on there with the excitement? They've never won a championship in the 52-year existence of the franchise. This would be the biggest success ever. So this LeBron James, Anthony Davis parents pairing, not only that, but think about the Lakers. Five years ago, 17 and 65. And fought, and everyone was saying, you know, it's over. They're never returning to, really, people were saying this. They're never returning to relevancy again. They've lost their shine. No one wants to go there. They had Kobe for 20 years. They're not going to get another star again unless they find someone through the draft. And then we get two. And we win a championship five years later. And it's not just about the championship. The Lakers are relevant again. 
The NBA is better when the Lakers are fun and exciting to watch. And that's what this has brought. Even if there's no more championships, we're going to have years of relevancy and fun to watch the Lakers instead of them losing all the time with Anthony Davis. And yes, more championships on the way, at least one for sure. Yeah, I'd sure love to see, especially next year to bring home number 18 would be fantastic and take that lead it's going in down. the NBA. Uh, let's talk a little Andre Drummond. Things are getting weird, aren't they? Weird. Things are getting really weird. So Andre Drummond, a few weeks ago, we had him hop on Instagram, and somebody suggested that he should play for the veteran minimum. And he responded in the negative, to say the least, right? That he would not be taking the veteran minimum. Look, no problem with that, right? Andre Drummond, objectively, out on the center market compared to the other guys that are out there, probably worth more than the veteran minimum. Just the challenges for the Lakers. If you're going to give him more than the veteran minimum, then you probably can't spend elsewhere where you probably need to allocate your resources a bit more. And I'm talking about on the wing and at the guard positions. Uh, But then we had this whole issue where a couple of days ago, somebody mentioned, you know, Hey, Drummond, why aren't you dominating like Aiden and Lopez are in the playoffs right now? And he fired back. If your coach would just play me more, I would today. He hops on ESPN And he says, oh, that was just marketing, essentially. He said, look, I I was just trying to stir up interest because I'm releasing an NFT. Skylar, do you buy that? Do you think that is him covering for what he said? Or do you think that was legitimately the plan? Hey, I'm going to hop on here. I'm going to say something controversial. So everybody's going to be talking about me. And then when I release this NFT, it's going to get more publicity. Okay, I first want to say I've always really enjoyed Andre Drummond as a player. Uh, Seems like a good, fun person overall, but I think that fun side is playing into this. Uh, I don't totally buy it. I think he was wilding out on Twitter, uh, got called out, got caught, and is releasing the NFT and has a really great PR person who said, hey, let's combine these things together. And so I'm, I'm not, you know, every joke has a hint of truth. So I think there's definitely some hints of truth in these jokes from Andre Drummond. Uh, you know, I, uh, particularly with the comments about it being, you know, just if you don't want to take the vets minimum, that font, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But you create a more interesting conversation for yourself if you really do want to come back to the team when you sort of laugh publicly like that. And that's where I think his personality is to have fun, is to wild out on Twitter. And it seems like he has a good team around him who says, hey, hey, let's tone it down a little bit. And I think that's what happened today with combining the NFT release with his natural sense of humor. I think it was his sense of humor uh, coming out while also being serious. You know, he yeah. he's a two-time All-Star. Uh, he's a great player. You know, if you're in the NBA, you're one of the 400 best guys that pick up a basketball on earth right now. Um, and so I can understand where he would see his worth and his value. I just think in this era of social media, it came out and you always need the PR people to help and come and cover. And oh, my account was hacked or oh, it was a publicity stunt. And and that's what this seems like to me. I don't fault him too much or anything. I just don't buy that it was entirely a joke. Yeah, I don't either. 
I don't either. I think he was he was just speaking honestly in the moment. And I would understand. Yeah. I can understand if he was frustrated about a minute about minutes. He was the only Laker to not play in the final game of the season. DNP coach's decision in the final game of the season, heading into for free agency for him. That can't have felt good. Right? There's no way that he that, that was just totally fine with him. Um, that doesn't mean he's not going to be back. I think the better and minimum thing is a bigger problem. Here's the deal, right? If you let's let's talk real quick about the free agent center market. Uh, Andre Drummond is in probably the top five or six guys out there. Jared Allen is number one, but he's restricted. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think the Cavs are going to keep him. Rashawn Holmes, Daniel Tice, Kelly Olenek, Trez, Serge Ibaka, Andre Drummond. I think they are that group that's probably all going to definitely get more than better minimum, right? Nerland's Noel, maybe he's in that group there, okay? Probably going to have to pay more to get those guys. But listen to this. This is the list of guys who could, I'm not saying they will, but might be available for a veteran minimum price. Robin Lopez, Cody Zeller, Ennis Cantor, Kem Birch, Willie Cully-Stein, Dwight Howard, Alex Len, Taj Gibson, Boban, Come on, it's Boban, Dwayne Dedman, Gorgie Jang, Boogie Cousins, uh, Tony Bradley is restricted, oh. Willie Hernan Gomez, Kevon Looney. I uh, know he picked up his player option. He's staying with the uh, Warriors. Harry Giles, Bismack Biombo, Frank Kaminsky. Oh. These are all guys that are out there. Zach Collins would be on the list, but he just broke his foot again. Uh, JaVale McGee. Look, there's guys out there. Centers, especially centers who don't shoot threes, oh. are cheap. They're easy to find. So if you're the Lakers and if you're worried about having to pay Andre Drummond too much, you can go get a guy. You're probably, and again, some of these guys might get more than the minimum, but you can find somebody. Are they going to be as good as Drummond? No. But in terms of the amount of minutes that you're going to have a traditional center out there on the floor, can they fill in and get the job done? Yeah. And I would like to see Drummond come back. But if push comes to shove, yeah. if it's between getting a wing and having to pay a veteran minimum price for a center or paying a veteran minimum price for a wing and paying Drummond more money, give me the better quality wing because I think that's what you're going to find more useful, particularly come playoff time when Anthony Davis is going to play the five quite a bit. So it's going to be interesting to see how things work between the Lakers and Drummond. Again, I think he's a good player, but just in terms of roster construction, you might be better off going with a guy that's more of a stopgap there at the center position that can just fill some minutes and focus your attention elsewhere. And that's a really excellent point because with Andre Drummond, going back to that comment where he laughed at the veterans minimum, that's where I think he played his leverage into the wrong hand. It's not a, it's not at all a question of his own skill and his own value at what he at what he does and the way he does it. It's actually a question of value on what his skill sets are. Yes, he's better than most of the other centers. However, that's not what's valued in today's NBA. And that's why I think joking about the veterans minimum got us to the point where where you're talking about this, Trevor, where it's saying like, we can get other guys who do what you do just a little bit worse for a fraction of the price you're thinking. And Drummond is great, and he's a great player at what he does. He's phenomenal at what he does. But what he does is not what the Los Angeles Lakers are currently centered around. 
they're centered around LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and it's not like they need a rim-protecting center to complete a big three. We want a championship with Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee being role players. And so that, I think, is where Andre Drummond and, you know, I'm sure he's working with an agent, a PR person who have who have helped him craft all this. Uh, you know, that's that's how the NBA goes today, particularly with social media. And and I think, you know, at the time it seemed like he was creating leverage. And again, it's it's not at all a shot at Drummond. Drummond's a great player. I'd love to see him return. I like his personality. I'd like to see him in a role with the Lakers. But what he is good at is what is not as highly valued in the NBA. And and I think that's where he needs to really think about the money. It's not about the work he's put in. It's not about how good he is. But it's about his skill sets and how valued they are. And if that deserves more than what he's really looking for. It's the running back position in football. right? I mean, that's, that's pretty much what, what it is here where – for a lot of teams, they would rather just draft running backs. And then when they get to that second contract, let somebody else pay them and continue to pay cheaper contracts using rookies because the position doesn't matter as much anymore. Now, again, there's there's the elite tier bigs. They matter like the, the best of the best. But if you're going between some of the guys that are kind of like, I don't know, maybe a seven out of 10 versus a five out of 10, and you're going to have to pay a lot more to get that seven. Give me the guy who's a five and you can maybe get for the better minimum, right? Like that's that's probably the way I'm going to look at, at roster building in the NBA, at least for right now, at least for the time being, while the game is being played the way it is at this moment. Uh, James Smith from YouTube, what should the Lakers do with the mid-level exception? What position should they use it on? So the mid-level exception, uh, you're really just looking for talent there. I don't know that they use the full mid-level. I think a lot of that's going to depend on what happens with their own guys. So most likely the... Uh, the hard cap, if the Lakers were to trigger a hard cap, would be set right around 141-ish million. And the Lakers have about 115 million on the books without bringing back their guys just yet. So what do you do there? Like if you bring back Caruso and you bring back Schroeder and you bring back THT, if you go sign somebody for the mid-level exception, you're triggering a hard cap and that's it. You're pretty much done. Right, that's the challenge. Whereas if you don't use the mid-level exception, let's say you just trade guys in order to make the changes that you need, and you don't use that mid-level exception, you don't trigger a hard cap, and you can just continue going. Right? Like let's say you get to 146 million dollars spent, and you are not hard capped, and you need to add two more spots to your to your uh, roster. You need to sign two more guys. You can do it. They just they have to be better in minimum guys, but you can do it if you are hard capped. You can't even get to 146. You'll be stopped at that 141-ish, which is, I believe, what about where it's going to sit this next year. And and you're done. That's why last season, the Lakers had 14 players on their roster for a good chunk of the season because they didn't have enough room under the hard cap to sign anybody, even to a veteran minimum. It's a, a, an absolute wall that you can't go past. So that is a complication. And again, a lot of it depends. If Caruso leaves and Schroeder leaves and the Lakers don't get anything in return, then sure, you can go spend the mid-level exception because you don't have to worry quite as much about hitting that hard cap because you're not going over the, the cap to sign your own players like Caruso and Schroeder. I hope that makes sense. What happens with the Lakers' own free agents will largely determine whether or not they can actually use that mid-level exception. Yeah, sounds like, and I mean, the summation of all that really is, 
it's fun to hypothesize, you know, signing DeRozan with the mid-level exception and what we can do with the mid-level exception. But we simply aren't going to know if we can use that until the offseason gets further into development and we know who is coming back. Uh, yes, and that, that's it exactly. The Lakers have to get some answers. The, the first, like, what's Montrose Harrell doing? Is he opting into his contract yeah. or not? Like they need to, And they probably yeah. have a sense already, but they need to know. And I'll have to look it up. His decision date is somewhere. I was looking at it the other day, but I'll have to look exactly where it's at. And I believe it's, I want to say August 1st. Could be the last day of July. I'd have to go look and see when and he that, has to decide. And that's where they need to start exploring with other teams as well, what kind of trades they can do if they do know a little bit about Montrez and if he's opting out. So there's all these moving parts. Um, let's see here. We're going to do a couple more. A lot of people asking about, uh, Zach Levine. He'd be great. I don't think they can, they can get him though, but he'd be great. Absolutely. Uh, Ivan Z said, how about trading for Justin holiday and or Doug McDermott, uh, Doug McDermott, you can get over on free agency. Maybe you'd have to spend your mid-level exception to get him. So there's a challenge there, but I know he's Ron's favorite target, Ron Gutterman from Lakers nation. Yeah. I was thinking that too. He, he really likes him. Justin holiday. Yeah, sure. If you can get him great. Um, it's going to be those kind of underrated kind of moves that might pay off in the long run for this Lakers team. So I'm, I'm on board with those. Yeah, McDermott is a great uh, role player for us if you can get him, who has made shocking improvement. Yeah, yeah, and you don't have to, again, somebody mentioned you don't have to trade for him. Yes, you don't have to trade for him. He is a free agent. Um, Somebody mentioned Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose has been connected to the Lakers for a while now. If you lose Dennis Schroeder, I could see a scenario where it would make sense to sign Derrick Rose and have him be your sixth man type of guy to come in. Um, and then you have the flexibility to either we bring in a legit, like true point guard, or we go the route that we did two seasons ago when it was Danny Green and Avery Bradley to start the season. And then later KCP, where we run LeBron and two, three and D guards. You could try to replicate that if you want, but Derek Rose would make sense if you do lose Dennis Schroeder. However, I think he's pretty set with Tom Thibodeau right now. Had a nice season for the Knicks. I, it feels like he's going to stay there, like he's kind of got a home there. But uh, if he decides he wants to come to the Lakers and you can get him on the right at the right price, sure, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Yeah. Again, with where Trez wants to go, I, I think Miami and New York culturally are really interesting fits for him. And that's where I wonder, you know, what kind of trades can you work out? Because if you can include Trez – I think those are two teams that he would personally be interested in going to based on his fit. And we'll have to see again, lots of moving parts. All right, let's do, let's do one more here. Uh, people asking if Malcolm Brogdon makes sense. Yeah. If you can get him, it's the last we heard was Pacers were trying to do him and some stuff to get Ben Simmons. Look, if Brogdon is out there on the trade market, yeah, he'd be a great fit. I don't know if the Lakers can get there or not, but I do like Malcolm Brogdon quite a bit. I think that would work. Oh, he'd be an excellent fit with the Lakers for a lot of reasons, too. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon is one of the most highly intelligent individuals in the NBA when it comes to social justice, which could create a lot of trust between him and LeBron right off the bat. 
Uh, Malcolm Brogdon is also a playmaker. We know LeBron loves those. And so that could take a little bit of that responsibility off of LeBron. Malcolm Brogdon is also a proven scorer, former rookie of the year. Uh, Imagine if he was still in Milwaukee. It would be ridiculous. So if the Lakers can get Malcolm Brogdon, I think that's one of the biggest sneak attacks they could pull to have a really souped up roster next year for sure. Yeah, he doesn't have the, the name of some of the other guys that are out there that would get people really excited. But I think in terms of his skill set, it's a great yeah, fit. It would be perfect. a fantastic fit for the Lakers. All right, guys. I appreciate everybody coming in and giving us these questions and comments. Good stuff here by you guys. Uh, we we do go every Monday and Thursday at 9 o'clock Pacific time, so make sure you do come join us for our next show. But we're going to continue this uh, as we advance towards the offseason. And don't forget, guys, once we get to, say, the draft, we'll start doing some special shows, right? We'll hop on. Trade rumors are going to start flying. We'll hop on and we'll break things down. Sometimes it's just impromptu. Something big happens, we'll jump on and we'll talk. So make sure you guys do turn on notifications over on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel so you get notified every time we do go live. And that way you can hop in and join us. Skylar, thanks so much for joining me on here tonight, man. This was a lot of fun. Always my pleasure. A huge shout out to you too, Trevor. And definitely to all the fans for tuning in, giving questions uh, as much as we can do to give you guys a good time, entertain you. That makes us happy too. So keep on tuning in and uh, we will keep the purple and gold as exciting as they can be in July. And based on the fan base we have, that's pretty darn exciting. Absolutely. All right, everybody. See ya and stay safe.